This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. It's the 22nd of March, but I mean, who the heck cares? Who cares what day it is? It makes no difference. It's Sunday. It's the day after. Ooh, was that really a very, very long Saturday night? Yeah. You're sounding a bit hoarse this morning. Chances are you were out. Uh, I, I went past a bus stop this morning. The three girls at quarter to four screaming and singing all sorts of things. I thought, you know, if you had a water cannon, you'd have taken them all out. Uh, the selfie-loving MP's wife in Strictly Talks, yes, Karen Danzik, the one who's so boring it's almost a bit tragic, really. Uh, Zane's going in the wrong direction. It's not the One Direction route. Depending on which paper you read, he's either trying to get out or he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, the drone's delivering drugs to prison and Louis Tomlinson has dumped his girlfriend for another girlfriend. Good heavens above, thus scotching any rumours that you might think about his sexuality, which they had in the papers a short while ago, and you think, honestly, the things they've got to do in one direction, ladies and gentlemen. Callum Best has been slammed by the family of George Best for trashing his father, but there again, Callum Best doesn't actually do anything, does he? He just sort of lurches from one dreary girlfriend to another, and then they'll probably sell their stories, and you feel a bit sorry for him, really. The man with that incredible hair he's got stuck on his head. Prince Harry could guard the Queen, they say. I, don't, I mean, I don't really know how he's going to manage that. I mean, goodness, what are they going to do? Make him a colonel-in-chief. Actually, yes, they are going to make him a colonel-in-chief. Brooklyn Beckham's in the paper today. I'm surprised the family have allowed the picture to go in. They're normally so shy of publicity, the Beckhams, aren't they? But there he is, sitting in a New York park with a pair of binoculars looking at a girl. But there's a photographer taking a picture of him, so you know it's a set-up from start to finish. Otherwise, why would you want to go and follow Brooklyn Beckham? Dreary, sad little Billy No-Mate sitting on a bench by himself. BBC, again, depending on which newspaper you read this morning, they're either preparing for life without Clarkson, or they're preparing for him to go back, provided he eats humble pie, or, if you read one of the other papers, he's going to sue the, off them uh, if they get rid of him. And uh, believe you me, he probably will, and the other two will sue as well. Because the BBC appear to be uh, doing another pilot car show. But, I mean, who with? I've got no idea. I mean, who on earth can talk about car... Oh, not Pips go for it again, please go. Oh, no, it doesn't work for the BBC. Thank God for that. Even though the BBC are more than happy because they're so desperate for the one show to get anybody on there to go on and plug his programmes. There used to be a written rule years ago, I don't know when it went out the window, that uh, if you worked for the BBC, you certainly didn't interview anybody who had a show coming up on ITV. Why would you be that stupid? Quite clearly, the producers of the one show are so desperate to get an audience above the imbeciles who work on it that they'll, they'll try anything even if it means sort of pouring old Pip Schofield on there. And then the story that was going to rock Albert Square. Don't tell me they're going to nuke the old lot of them. That would do everybody a favour, wouldn't it? Nope. EastEnders fans will be shocked, because they're easily shocked in EastEnders. Apparently, Cat Moon is driven to try and end her life. And this, ladies and gentlemen, with something so serious, comes up as a shock story to rock Albert Square. You know, you would think that somebody who gets so depressed... Mind you, I've watched some of her performances. I've, I've felt like topping myself as well. And, uh, and so you sort of watch her and you think, so this is a shock story. And the argument that they have is, well, this will explain what, what, what depression is and what leads people to take their own lives. And you think, what a load of old cobblers. What a load of old rubbish. What a load of rubbish. They're doing it because they're trying to get the ratings up again. They're all, they're all dying on their proverbial. And so they think... That this, will, that this will sort of be good. It's a hard-hitting storyline, which comes as she struggles to cope with being abused as a child. Well, let's chuck it all at her. Let's chuck... The next thing is, she'll have met Cyril Smith. Because you can stick dead people in soaps and nobody can say a thing. Gascoigne's had a, had a Twitter meltdown. Big surprise there. 
Uh, fans were fearing for him following a bizarre Twitter meltdown aimed at his former love. I don't know why we bother with it, really. We've done all we can. We've done all we can. I mean, you know, people have spent money on him. They've sent him to rehab. They've tried to be nice to him. And he just throws it back in their face. He's a drunk. You can't do anything about it. It's an illness. He doesn't know where he is half the time. This was a 12-hour tirade. And um, and it's it's just appalling. It's just appalling. You can only... I mean, you'd have to be... You'd have to be sort of gone in the mind to write some of this stuff. Of course, assuming it is him. Nowadays, you don't know, do you? Nowadays, you have no idea whether it is the actual person or whether it isn't. Jake Quickenden makes one of the papers, and only it's, it's only the, the Daily Star, poor soul, because most of you will have forgotten who Jake Quickenden is or was, because uh, he's not old enough to be a has-been just yet, but apparently he's revealed he's in love with Carl Fogarty's daughter, one of, one of uh, Carl Fogarty's daughter, and you'll have to cast your mind back to remember who A, Carl Fogarty is, and B, who poor old Jake Quickenden is. Jake Quickenden was the reject wasn't he, from the, from the X Factor. And uh, as far as I know, he's never had a hit single in the chart. He's, he's actually managed to sustain some sort of career on the back burner by just sort of being called Jake Quickenden because it's such an unusual name. Uh, he's, he's working on his debut EP. They're not even going to risk an album. They're not even going to risk an album. That shows you how much faith that they have in him. Um, can, can I do an album? Uh, no, Jake, you're, you're doing an EP. What, what, what's an EP? Uh, that'll be just about three songs. OK, you manage that, dear. Because I don't think it's going to go any further. They're not going to risk an album. They're really not going to risk an album. It's so much It's so much easier not to bother with stuff like that. Uh, Danny Dyer. Uh, I, I sort of worry for Danny Dyer. You know, he gives him a big hard man and all the rest of it. And then he goes on that programme with Stephen Mulhern, where you sort of, you put your kids on there. And, um, and they then sort of say things about you. And she was saying some awful things about him. And then they had poor old Peter Andre. I mean, he must have felt like the oldest nutcracker in the box, mustn't he? There he was, poor old Peetsy. And he brings on Princess, because we've exploited every one of the family. I'm surprised he he didn't sort of bring on the ex-wife. That would make it marginally more interesting. She's about the mental age of a child. And so Peetsy sat on there, and there wasn't really much to him. And then there was some woman in the middle. I didn't even know who she was. It's a bit much when you get somebody on television... On Stephen Mulhern's programme, which I think is called... Is it Big Star, Little Star, or something like that? And I didn't even know who the woman was. I'm assuming... I'm only guessing wildly. I'm assuming she must be some non-entity in a soap opera. Because, I, I seriously, I looked at her, I thought, I don't know who you are. I knew who, you know, Peter Andre is, because everybody knows who poor old Pete is. I mean, he sits there. He's, he's out of his face, isn't he? He, just, he doesn't even look as though he's there. He, sort of, he spends a lot of time doing his hair to make himself look a bit pretty. Uh, but, uh, you know, the rest of it was a bit dull, I'm afraid. Um, and here's Anthea Turner. What are you doing, Anthea? What are you doing in this photograph? I mean, I, I, I can't believe it. No, she wouldn't be, would she? She might be. She, she, she was talking on her phone in the car while she's driving. No, she couldn't be that stupid. No, please, God, tell me Anthea Turner's not a dimbo. Please tell me that she wouldn't be in her Porsche KN on the M25 in Essex. Shocked driver Clive Zitor said she was totally oblivious. Well, so he gets his phone out and takes a picture of her on her phone. Kind of one against Anthea... No, Anthea Turner wouldn't be that thick, would she? I think she would. Apparently, uh, Anthea last night couldn't be reached for a comment. I think that's three penalty points and a £100 fine, Anthea. Mind you, luckily you've got the money. Thank God you learnt how to fold towels, dear. Thank God. Otherwise you'd never have the money, would you? But it does look as though you're on the phone unless you're having a shave which I think is highly unlikely, but it does look like she's on the telephone. Perhaps she can't afford hands-free. Perhaps she hasn't got any... Perhaps she's run out of money. 
I mean, I don't want to sort of, you know, cast aspersions on poor old Anthea Turner, but it does look suspiciously like she's actually on the telephone whilst driving her car on a motorway. I mean, that would be incredibly dumb, wouldn't it? Would that not be the dumbest thing you've ever seen her do? No, not the dumbest thing, but certainly uh, certainly up there, I should imagine. Um, also, Callum Best. Poor old Callum, bit of a waste of space, isn't he? And uh, he makes a lot of the papers day. The family are furious that he's done this book which basically trashes his father. But there again, what else is he going to... He doesn't have anything else in his life. He doesn't have any discernible talent to do anything, so he might as well trash his father, who was drunk and he talks about his last days of his father. It's a bit sad, really. It's a kind of private thing, I thought, for a family. You know, not, not for the, the son who hasn't got any money to actually do. You know, he has to go on television programmes now to try and make ends meet, poor soul. That's because that's what we have in this country. We, we sort of stick people on reality shows and then we give them a fee and that's what they do. And so the reason I mentioned earlier on um, that I'd seen a, a picture of somebody... The moment I ever see a picture in a paper of a so-called celebrity, and I use the term loosely, working out in a park. I know exactly what they're doing. And especially when they're out in a park with their trainer and a photographer. Such as the case of Martine McCutcheon. I'll bet your bottom dollar she's bringing out a DVD. Why else would Martine be exercising in a park with a photographer and with a trainer? Ask yourself the question, fraudster. Come on, Martine. We saw it the other day, didn't we? Who was that fat bird who was in Essex, the one who weed in the pool a couple of times? Uh, oh, Lauren. Lauren Goodyear. And uh, Lauren, of course, also pictured out with a trainer. And if they're pictured with a trainer... Because let's face it, Martine's a bankrupt. How could she afford a trainer? She's a bankrupt. I know that because she didn't bother paying a tax. And now she's got a trainer. Where's the money come from? Where's the money come from? You know, you shouldn't be spending this money that you don't have. That would be a bit unwise, wouldn't it? Don't see you going bankrupt again. Mind you, it worked for Kerry Katona, so might as well work for her. But uh, here she is, and she's in the paper, apparently. Uh, they say here, she says she's never wants to be stick... Th- oh, she's saying all the right things. She's between 8 and 14, her size. That's how it varies. She's never wanted to be stick thin, and so these early morning routines near her home in Surrey are designed to shed the baby weight. No, they're not. They're designed to bring out a DVD. We're not that stupid, Martine. I mean, I'm looking at your trainer, and I'm looking at you, and the photographer obviously stood right in front of you to get these these pictures. And it um, doesn't say who the picture is by, actually. It just says, you know, picture exclusive. So she obviously goes out there, and they go, let's have a picture of you working out in a, in a public park. You know, why are we not doing it at home, Martine? Because it's a DVD, isn't it, dear? Don't fool us. Will you wait till it comes out? Again, I can only advise you, don't waste your money, please. Go to the doctor. They'll, they'll do everything for you. They will not, uh, you know, you won't have to buy a DVD off the doctor, which will be so much easier, wouldn't it? Uh, Other stories of the papers today. Uh, Rupert Grint has said that he ended up in a bagel shop dressed as a woman. He went round, apparently, uh, uh, to a flat uh, of a cross-dresser for tea after a night out, like you do. And uh, he said, uh, the drag queen friends were there. They dressed me up and went to get bagels at 4am. I was in full heels and feather boa and it was weird. No, what's weird is you telling us about it. That weird, weird is telling us, you know, being being sort of not weird is not mentioning it ever again and hoping <coughs> that nobody got a picture. It's, uh, it's, uh, he, he, he reveals the tale in tomorrow's Tom Felton meets the superfans. Oh, God. Slightly worrying, isn't it? He does admit his own idols, uh, Alan Titchmarsh and Richard Maidley. Richard Maidley. Honestly, him and the wife have got a, a feature in Woman magazine. 
It's a bit low rent, isn't it, really? Woman magazine. Slightly disturbed by that. I thought they could have done OK at least. But uh, Judy, who did pop up, I did miss her the other day. Um, I, I didn't miss her intentionally. I sort of just missed her on the television until somebody sent me a thing saying, Judy Finnegan's on Loose Women. And uh, and I went, oh, missed it. Never mind. Always next time, isn't there, I suppose? Always the next time. Uh, what else in the papers? Oh, God, so much this morning. There is so much in there, including the uh, the strange story of Backstairs Billy. Now, you might not know who he is, but I'll tell you all about him in a moment. This is LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. 6.20 is the time. It's Sunday, the 22nd of March. I wouldn't bother getting up. There's no point in getting up at all. It's so cold out there. It really, it's, it's just... Just don't do it. Just stay in bed. I'll run through the papers. That'll save you the cost of having to go out and buy anything, because you'll have an idea of exactly what the stories are. Carol McGiffin's column. It's interesting. She's 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 very good today. Not It's not always, you know, spot on on many occasions, but on this one, she's obviously had a bit of a week, and the first one is don't flirt with the news. And what she's done is she's uh, she's talked about uh, Susanna Reid interviewing David Cameron and flirting, becoming a little bit coquettish, you know, sort of, you know, sucking on the pencil and... You know, things like that. Listening to what saying. She went, yuck. Yuck, she said. Good Morning Britain is a show that wants to be taken seriously as a news programme, so serious journalists should be interviewing party leaders. Otherwise, you might as well just get Alison Hammond in to do it. At least then it would be entertaining. But everybody does it, don't they? They all do it. I've seen loads of people do that. You know, flirting with politicians. Sometimes, I mean, you know, you have to do it because then you get more out of them. You sort of get their guard down. I can always remember Fiona Bruce interviewing Prince Philip on the BBC and she tried everything. I mean, barring sitting there in a bra and pants. But he was, he was having none of it. He was having none of it at all. In fact, he sort of dismissed most of the stuff she said and you could see that she was dying on her proverbial. But it was nothing Nothing at all compared to Selena Scott when she stood in for Terry Wogan when he had a chat show in those halcyon days of the BBC when it didn't look too bad. And um, and she flirted with Prince Andrew. If only she'd realised he's that easy to pull. You don't even need to flirt with him. Good God, I mean, just pick up the phone and go, tonight, seven. See you there, bye. Put the phone down. And so she was, she was over him like a rash. She sort of sat there and she leant back in the chair that she leant for. It was so disgustingly awful. I felt immensely sorry that she had to do that. I really felt very, very sorry. Uh, of course, what's actually funny is that Carol McGiffin says, Silly me, why didn't I guess that Stephen Fry would be lined up to replace Jeremy Clarkson on Top Gear? I mean, he's the dream ticket for the BBC. Left wing, liberal, a lovey, right on, green, gay. Perfect replacement for loudmouth, sexist, right wing Jezza. No. Of course he is. They're almost identical. So much in common, you couldn't tell the difference between the two. I mean, he's tall and can drive. Jobs are good and I agree. And then she talks about um, uh, Natalia Kills and her husband, Willie Moon. We'd never heard of them. We'd never heard of them. I've never, I'm, I, I didn't even know who they were till they sort of cropped up. They were, they were sort of being nasty to somebody on the X Factor in New Zealand. But to be honest with you, I mean, anybody who appears on the X Factor deserves to have nasty things thrown at them. I thought they were just being quite normal. I just assumed that's what they were like in New Zealand. I'd never heard of them, and nobody else had either. And um, uh, Katie Hopkins says, who employed these two non-entity boneheads in the first place? Louis Walsh is disgusted and said they'll never work again. Of course they will. There's a market for that kind of gratuitous rubbish on the television. I mean, you know, it's you, you've only got to sit... I mean, the trouble is... You know, what, what better to have? Natalia Kills, who nobody's ever heard of, and her dreary husband called Willie Moon. Willie Ever. 
And, uh, or failing that, come over to the X Factor here, which is dying on its proverbial, and you've got poor old Cheryl Versace, Vassini, Spagbol sitting there, who spends more time worrying about where the next makeup's coming from, and way eight, because I'm worth it. And, you know, because I come from council estate and now I'm living in mansion and all this kind of... The crap this woman comes up with is almost beggar's belief. But she's voting Labour. Another good reason. I tell you, every time they wheel somebody out, you have to think to yourself, is this a good move? You know, so Labour are wheeling out Cheryl Versace, Vassini, Spagbol, you know. And uh, then over on the other side, the Conservatives wheeled out Lauren Goodyear. What would you rather have, a fat drunk who wheezes in a swimming pool or a non-entity from Newcastle who believes she's a singer? I mean, I was, I was even more horrified to discover when we flipped over to Australia and saw some of the panel there. I wonder where most of our people had gone to. They'd gone to Australia. That's where they go to. It's all very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, actually, I, mean, I, I do find it interesting. I do find it very interesting that when I look at the panel of these programmes, I think, who are you? And, then I, and somebody just told me that apparently the woman who was on Big Star, Little Star, she's a reject from The Apprentice. That's how desperate it's got. A reject from The Apprentice that nobody's even heard of. I didn't even know who she was. That's, that's how desperate it is on television. They go, because the, the, the researchers sit there and, um, and they go, OK, I've I managed to get somebody from The Apprentice. Oh, right, who? I don't know who, who she is. All right, so, and uh, it, it, is she very funny? <laughs> Never seen it. Just sort of, just thought I'd book her because she's on The Apprentice. Oh, right, what's her name? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've got no idea what her name is. Oh, right. Is she funny? I don't know. Oh, Booker, then. OK, she'll be ideal. Who, who, who's she on with? Peter Andre. OK, who booked Peter Andre? Put your hand up. Come on. Who booked him? Uh, I did. Who is he? I don't know. It's Peter Andre. I've seen his name written on a wall. It said Peter Andre, you know. Okay. And who's the other one? Danny Dyer. All right, who'd book Danny Dyer? Good God in heaven. What are we doing? Are we scraping the entire barrel for this week's guests? I mean, Peter Andre. You'd think he'd want to stay in with his gorgeous girlfriend, Ems, because they're going to get married. I wonder how tacky that could become. I wonder how tacky. Because remember when Jordan married him, Peter sweated all the way through, and she wrote about it in one of her books. She wrote, he sweated like a fat pig all the way through. What a lovely thing to say about your husband at the time. But there again, as I was only saying to Kieran through a medium the other day, Ooh, oh, he's with me now, love. He's with me now. Yes, Kieran Haler, back in the room and uh, going nowhere. Career, nowhere. Life, dead. Wife, dead behind the ears. But uh, at least we've got five children, which is fantastic. So that's great. So it'd be nice to see you working for a living, Kieran, won't it? So anyway, we, we had the, the tacky wedding with Kieran, where they dressed him up like some Nancy boy. And now you're going to have Peter Andre's wedding, where apparently Peter's been planning it for ages. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, Peter can't bang a nail in. Why on earth do you ever think that poor old Peter Andre could actually organise a wedding? Hilarious. The last one was organised by OK, I'm assuming, as he's a bit desperate for the old readies. Because, it, you know, it costs a lot of money to sort of be Peter Andre. I mean, in hair gel alone, he must be sending, you know, the small debt of a, of a third world country. Oh, look, here she is. This is... Oh, it's unrecognisable. You know why she's unrecognisable? Because she's been airbrushed. Sam for ears. Apparently... She's tried her hand at designing swimwear. Has she really good? Have honestly. There's no end to this girl's talent. There's certainly no beginning. But she's very airbrushed. She's normally got little piggy eyes, but they've tried to open them up a little bit here. But she's, uh, she's modelling in the United Arab Emirates rather than South End. I bet they're actually thrilled. Because uh, last week she was with Louisa Zisman in Los Angeles. What is it about these deadbeats? They're like hanging around together. 
I can't quite understand. I suppose if, if you're a, if you're a third-rate no-mark, you've got to hang around with another third-rate no-mark. A little bit of a worry, isn't it, there? But she's designing things. So, like, a bra top and a, and bikini bottoms, because that's really complicated. I mean, that, I mean the colouring in alone must take her all day. Good grief. Who's this a picture of? Nobody. Who's this a picture of? Nobody. Oh, it's a little bit disappointing in the papers. A little bit disappointing. Apparently, Professor Stephen Hawking and Sir David Attenborough have opened an exhibition about geniuses. It's called Marks of Genius at Oxford University. It's nice, isn't it? Noel Gallagher's rumbling on to anybody who wants to listen to him uh, in the papers about, you know, people he'd vote for and people he wouldn't vote for. Uh, Then there was the Spider-Man suit recalled by Asda due to safety fears. Apparently, there's um, uh, a battery fault in the light-up costume. Uh, Some guy called Steve Slaughter... Yes, there really is somebody called Steve Slaughter. Bought the £12.50 outfit for his son, only for the detachable chess piece to explode and fly across the living room. Well, that's a bonus that wasn't included in it, isn't it? In other words, the suit takes off by itself. Brilliant. You wanted to be Spider-Man? Spider-boy. Across the room, straight into the wall. That's a bonus for £12.50. Customers can uh, can return it and claim a full refund. I'd hang on to it. Sounds like a great deal of fun. Give it to the neighbour's kid you don't like. That'd be a lot of fun there, would it? Apparently it's got a light-up unit and there's a safety issue. It's got the wrong batteries in it. I don't understand why parents want to dress children up. I mean, my, my, my parents, you know, used to sort of shop at the Army and Navy store in London. So I used to go, you know, as a Japanese general to school most of the time. Uh, TOWIE star Dan Osborne. This is the vile ranting person. I'll come around to him later. Um... His ex has begged him, don't hit me. He said it won't be funny when you're in hospital. Uh, luckily, at the moment, uh, a TOWIE spokesman said, this is in the, uh, the Sun today, that Dan has not been on the show for weeks and there are no plans for him to return. Good. Good. Absolutely good. One of his first threats was, go near another man, I will stab you. I mean, how, I, mean I, don't, I can't quite get my head around the fact. He's either the biggest numpty in the world and uh, his career is about to collapse completely... Uh, on the new fellow that she's going out with, I'll go to prison, I'll stab him in the throat. I can't believe I'm reading it either. You are a part of my property, I own you. And then, on having a new baby, I didn't mean to, though, did I? Is he is he all there in, in the brain department? But uh, she's had to beg him, don't hit me. Then it turns out his father was equally revolting. They're quite clearly not a very pleasant family. Sorry, Dan, I think your career's gone uh-uh, completely off the scale. I think I hope it collapses for you. I absolutely hope it... I don't believe anybody should better speak to somebody like that at all. I really don't. I, re- I just... I think that's the most atrocious thing I've ever heard. Luckily, she caught it on tape. If it's actually you... I, th- I mean, the police have said they're not going to prosecute because the law is that somebody can say what they like to you and then if they do it, then they, they can arrest them. But they can't do it, you know. I suppose you could go around and give a warning, but whether that would work half the time, I've got no idea. But uh, you're quite clearly a very nasty little piece of work, and uh, I hope they never put you back on The Only Way's Essex. Mind you, I hope they sack most of them, because they're all a bit stupid on there, aren't they? Uh, what else do we have here? What else do we have in the paper? Um, Lord Young says, I'll make the UK a real-life dragon's den. They've just fired half the dragons, haven't they? Or they've said, well, not fired them, they've just sort of, they've replaced them. It's not quite the same as firing them. So they, they've sort of... Rep- oh, I can't bear this man doing the films. He's so irritating. He's so irritating. I don't know who he is. But he crops up on the BBC. And he's sort of... Uh, 
He looks like he's been dipped in partial creosote or, or a lot of makeup. He's so snooty about doing films. He's obviously the BBC's film critic. Oh, dear Lord above, honestly. Talk about a man who believes his own publicity. Oh, look at the time, 6.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. I know you don't want to get... I wouldn't... Listen, unless you've got to get up for work or to do something, don't bother getting up. I know the kids are banging on the bedroom door going... Wait, we're having breakfast. Yeah, go and make it yourself. Plug yourself into the toaster. Go and make yourself something. You've got to teach them early, haven't you? You've got to teach them early. I was ever so disappointed about the solar eclipse. I was, I mean, I was seriously disappointed. I sort of, I rushed home, got home in plenty of time, did my hair, and I thought, right. And then I sort of looked outside, and I thought, it's getting a little bit dark. And that was it. There was nothing that happened. I was waiting to see someone. There was so much cloud cover, they'd said, oh, no, the cloud cover won't affect it. Well, it certainly did where I was. I came, and then, and then I thought, if I drive down the motorway, because they said it goes on for about two and a half hours, it's going to run till about 20 to 11, I thought, if, if, if I leave home at about sort of nine-ish, I'll be driving down the motorway and it would get darker and darker and darker. Well, it didn't. It got lighter, lighter, lighter. In fact, I went to Costco on Friday morning, and I came out and I thought, it was now brighter than when I went inside. So I thought, it must have finished. And it did. Everybody was ever so disappointed. I know that the uh, the papers did a you know a bit little thing about... You know, this you're going to see this. I didn't see anything at all. I was really disappointed. I'm, I'm very rarely disappointed. Well, when I climb out of the shower and stand naked in front of the mirror, I'm fairly disappointed then. Which, of course, brings in uh, Steve Miller, who's the presenter of Sky Fat Families. I'm assuming it's called Fat Families and it's on Sky. So it's, it's another one of the... Are they lardies? He says, I reckon you're spot on about Martine, yet another dull and boring celebrity. Uh, your leg up workout DVD, as you say, so dreary. Well, I mean, listen, if you go to a park, and I've seen it before. We used to have a guy on the programme. I can't remember his name. He was, and that, I only forget because I've had so many guests on the programme. But his, his wife used to do the weather on television. And then she was pictured in a park with a crop top and this fat hanging all over the top of her sort of her shorts. And I, and I said then, she's doing a fitness DVD. And that's exactly what she was doing. And Martine McCutcheon. So there's her and a trainer in a public park with a photographer. She's doing a fitness DVD. You know it, I know it, she knows it. But as I say, I wouldn't bother. In the early days, people went, oh, we've got to grab them. And it'd be any old Tom, Dick and Harry who brought out one. And now what they do is they do the same as Lauren Goodyear. Here and after, as referred to as the drunk from Big Brother. And, uh, and she puts on weight. And the reason she's put on weight is so that she can lose it. And then it looks good. So that's what they do. That's what they do. They now sort of are pictured on a beach wearing a bikini that is one size too small. So it looks so they're even fatter than they are. And then she goes, oh, I really would like to lose weight. And then you think, you're bringing out a video or a DVD. The very idea that they're going to use Adrian Charles for Strictly Come Dancing. God, he's died on everything else he's been on. Oh, welcome along to Die Bride. Can you get another sporting? It's going to be terribly exciting out there. We're going to have some guests coming on the programme. Well, the audience switched off in droves. Him and poor old, hi here, Christy Bleakley. Nobody was remotely interested. The, the dreary twosome they were known as in the business. Both plucked from relative obscurity uh, from the one show, where they went, oh, they've done really well. The only reason they did really well on the one show is because there was absolutely diddly squat on the television at that time. People would watch it. They'd go, oh, look, let's see what other interviews they're going to cock up. Christine would practically crawl across the studio to brown nose herself into some sort of third-rate celebrity. And Adrian looked like he'd switched off. And so some bright spark somewhere went, I tell you what, they'll be ideal for breakfast television. You know, somebody who's going to wake you up in the morning. I don't think so. 
And in fact, they didn't. People switched off in their droves. She was a bit hyperactive. You know, you really wanted to hold her face down in a puddle and leave her there. And he was just so boring, you couldn't understand what he was saying. I mean, I, I did write on two occasions, say, could you put subtitles on? I don't know what he's talking about. I find it very difficult. And so then they got rid of them, and then they tried Susanna Reid, and they sort of... Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. And um, and they, they put Susanna Reid on, and some other people, some you'd never heard of, and then they brought back a couple of people, and then they put some other people on there. And I thought, there's too many people. There's too many people on, on the programme. It's a little bit too, you know, hello, hello, how are you this morning? You know, as if we're all five years old. And so we kind of went off that idea. And now it's sort of it's sort of finding its feet. They had to. They pumped so much money into it. You can't just get rid of it. I don't think you need Ben Shepherd. To be honest with you, the man's quite clearly in love with himself. If he was a lollipop, he'd lick himself to death. It's as bad as that. And then you've got the, uh, the very, very gay guy who does the showbiz stuff, where, frankly, the only person who thinks he's funny is him. Nobody else thinks he's funny. And then they've got various other people who I don't know who they are. And it's a very nice set and it's all very nice and fun and, and it's jolly. And then Carol McGiffin has a go at Susanna Reid <laughs> because she sort of, she, um, she played coquettish up to, uh, to David Cameron, which actually anybody else will do. Anybody else would do. I mean, I have to be honest that Carol doesn't really do things like that. She's never done that kind of stuff. You could see her every time on Loose Women. I used to love it on Loose Women, where they'd obviously announced the day before, tomorrow... Jordan's coming on to flog a dreary book and they'd always put Jordan in the middle next to Carol McGiffin and Carol would sit there like there was a bad smell under her nose she quite clearly didn't like Jordan at all in fact I know she didn't like Jordan and uh, that was that I quite liked I quite liked that because it just made me smile thinking I know exactly what's going through her mind I would feel exactly the same (laughs) Paul's in Wakefield good for you Actually, that reminds me, actually, that I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what it means. I'm just going to say this, but I don't know what it means. When you say Wakefield, I think of the Pinder of Wakefield. And, and I don't know what the Pinder of Wakefield is, but it's very famous. And I went to the V&A Museum. And I think the Pinder of Wakefield, I think, was a person. I think. I might be wrong. I've got no idea. And uh, in the V&A Museum, they've got his house front from London. And it used to have glass in it, but now it hasn't. It's just the, the huge front of this house. I mean, if you've not been to the V&A for some time, it's a great thing to do today. It's free, free to go in. You can join, you can be a member of the V&A, and then you can go to all their special exhibitions. I think they've got an Alexander McQueen uh, wedding dress exhibition. They had the Bowie exhibition. They've had loads of things, which are, which are well worth going to, worth joining for that alone. And you get a discount, and you've got your own little canteen there as well. If you're a member, you go upstairs into the glass section, you go in, and you've got your own private room with tea and coffee, which you pay for, and sandwiches and rolls and things like that. It's quite nice, actually. I'm just sit with the riffraff. And then go round the museum, and there's so much in it, so much in the V&A. I know that when you were kids, you probably went, oh, it's so boring going to a museum. But I promise you now, you would not be disappointed. The museums have brought themselves bang up to date. They've put lots of interactive things. I mean, even the Science Museum is streaks ahead of anything else. You know, they've got full-size rockets and, you know, steam engines going. I mean, they've got everything. It's just, it's amazing. There's Admittedly, there's a lot of empty galleries up there. But they've, they've got so much stuff to see that if you're thinking of trying to lose the kids for a day, that'd be the place to go to. And next door to the Science Museum, you've got the Geology Museum. And that's really brought itself up to date. A, a stunning transformation. Just around the corner, you've got the Natural History. Don't ever queue for the Natural History Museum. OK? I'm telling you that don't tell... If you tell anybody else, I'll be in big trouble. Don't queue for the Natural History. Come around the corner, go in the Geology Museum, and then you just walk through. 
OK? Because a lot of people stand there for like two hours outside the Natural History Museum. So my vet, don't, please don't tell anybody, because I'll get into most awful trouble, because there'll be nobody queuing outside there, apart from a few tourists, and we don't really care about them. So go round the corner to the Geology Museum, and just go in there, and then just, just cross into the, into the Natural History, which is worth it. Lovely. Uh, front page of the Mirror today, they're talking about Jeremy Clarkson, and he's vowed to sue the BBC if he's sacked over punching a producer. Uh, a source said he'll claim wrongful dismissal if axed. There's little doubt if he's fired, lawyers will be involved. Well, I would think so. I mean, would you not think so? I mean, he is that, that programme. They can't be that stupid. They're not going to be that stupid, are they? I know that somebody wrote to me the other day and said, come on, Steve, I agree with most things, but on this particular occasion, he's nasty, he's vindictive, he's bombastic. I said, yeah, of course he is. I never denied that. But he, he's controversial and he gets audience figures. And that's what it's about. It's not through being stupid. He's he's making, I think, 12 programmes a week with the team or seven, whatever it is. It's a lot of programmes. And I should imagine the stress factor is fairly high. I think on one day, uh, about three months ago, I had three interviews to do for In Conversation, one after the other. And then by the time I got to the... Because bearing in mind, I've done a live two and a half hour programme. I've done a 20 minute podcast. Uh, then I've gone straight to the first interview. Then I had to go out for an interview. Then I had to come back in for another interview. My stress levels were fairly high on that particular day. And all it would have taken is somebody to say, oh, I don't know what you're complaining about. You're getting paid for it. And I probably would have hit them. I probably would have hit somebody because it doesn't come down to the money. It's got nothing to do with the money. It's to do with the fact that, you know, can you do it and maintain some sort of standard? I mean, luckily I can, but uh, there, there it was. But I mean, on that particular day. So he says I've been put on silence. There are good reasons why. Uh, and he's uh, he's ready to fight back, and I would be with him one hundred percent on that. Absolutely, you know he's he's done his job. He's paid to do a job. Hammond and May could also take legal action. To be honest with you, I'm assuming they've allowed them to carry on being paid, and it's not their their fault. It's not they haven't done anything wrong. So their agents could quite rightly go back and go. Um, I think we'll be wanting paying for this. You can axe the show, but you will be paying them. The One Direction exclusive today, Zane. It's all a bit too much for Zane. A little bit too much. Uh, the girl at the centre of the cheat claim says she was picked out at the nightclub. Uh, he says that she ran out and just grabbed his hand, which doesn't look as though she's running anywhere. She just looks as though she's standing next to him, holding his hand. Now, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, but that doesn't make any difference. I'm not going out with him. He's going out with Perry. Perry's a little girl band and uh, called Little Minx. Mix. And, um, and he, he goes out with her, but they don't see much of each other. I don't know whether perhaps she's busy stacking shelves in, in Little. I don't, I've got no idea. But anyway, they, uh, she's his uh, fiancée, which is good. Uh, but then he goes out and he cuddles somebody in the nightclub. And the reason he cuddles somebody in the nightclub is because he's 22 and he craves attention. Secondly, because he's famous, they want to have a picture taken. Look, this is me with sort of Zayn Malik. And they have pictures taken. That's what happens if you're relatively famous and you're in a boy band. People want their picture. Have a picture taken with me. Have a picture taken with me. They all do it. Uh, whether it means anything, I don't know. But apparently Zayn's finding it all a little bit stressful. And so he's had to come back. He's sort of quit the world tour. According to some papers, he said uh, he wants out. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And you think, you're 22, dear. What do you think you're going to do for the rest of your life? What do you think? Going to write hit songs, are we? Going to be a producer? Presenter? What do you think you're going to do? If you can't cope with a little bit of bad publicity from the press about who's this girl you've got your arms around, then don't put your arms around girls. OK? Simple thing. You know, put your arm on their shoulder and sort of, you know... And then go, I've got a girlfriend, this is just somebody I met, you know. Let's not be silly about it, Zane, OK? You're 22 years old, you might have been getting your own way in one direction where people pander to you because you're in a boy band that generates a lot of income. A lot of income. But in the real world, you're a nobody. 
you're a nobody. You cannot start behaving like this. Because the moment you start picking on the press for doing their job and making you who you are, and then you sort of bite the hand that feeds, they're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks, mate. So if you think this is bad, you wait till they get going. And they can get going. Quarter to seven. This is LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Sunday morning on LBC. It is cold. It is cold out there. It's so cold, I've even brought gloves. Seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it, as we head into uh, into April. Uh, now that EastEnders' Lucy Beale, who done it, has finally been sold, the next big question is, who won it? The new storyline will see a familiar face on the BBC soap scoop a seven-figure sum on a lottery scratch card. But they're not going to reveal who it is. Somebody's going to, to land it. Will it be Phil Mitchell? Will it be Tina... And Sonia, Ian Beale, Kate, uh, sorry, Kat and Alfie or Dot Cotton. I'll oh, give it to Dot Cotton, please. We love Dot Cotton. I bought some food in for you today. What have we just bought? What's that? What on earth is that? You've been to Burger King? It's outrageous. What did you buy from Burger Do they cook anything? I keep doing this every day. It's beginning to drive me mad. I've been past more Burger Kings than I can... I've never seen anybody cooking in there. I've never seen any... Oh. Yeah, well, I, I think what they do is they have to sort of get it out the freezers and put it in a bun. Actually, if you go through the other side, I've got lots of wraps in there as well. Of sort of... And and I bought some strawberries as well, look. Strawberries. You know, because I thought it's Sunday morning. I don't know where these ones are. Oh, they're from America. I have to eat them today. But the wraps are next door. There's lots of sort of... You can bring them in here if you want. It's only because somebody else will pinch them off the desk if you're not careful. You're not, is Sam in today? Oh, thank God. Go and get them quick. Go and get them quick. We'll save them in here. Uh, so, um, also in the paper today is uh, selfie-loving MP's wife, Karen Danzig. This is the very plain Karen Danzig, for some inexplicable reason, best known to herself, seems to think that we want to see ghastly pictures of her boobs all over the papers. We don't, I'm afraid. But apparently producers have approached her. Oh, God, now you're going to see what she's really like. Now you're going to see what she's really like, uh, what everybody else is talking about at the moment. Um, they say it would give the career a boost. What career? She doesn't have a career. Does she have a career? Her career is lying on her back with a photographer taking a picture of her, taking a, a photograph of herself. Uh, she's a counsellor, is she? A counsellor? Good God in heaven. Oh, well. Apparently, a source said, this will be their agents, Adrian and Karen on the producer's radar. It came as a huge sock shock when he was sacked. Really? Didn't come as any shock to anybody else in the business. We, in fact, we were almost counting them off on an advent calendar. But um, it's very interesting. He was axed as ITV football anchor. He's been keeping a low profile. That's called unemployed. Whenever they say he's keeping a low profile, he's sitting in doing knitting. Karen loves the limelight, doesn't she ever? The trouble is, I don't think the limelight likes her. I think if you did a survey of people in this country, they would... Uh... Oh, here she is, Karen Dan... Oh, that's a funny, dreary picture, isn't it? Rochdale? Oh, she's on Rochdale, is she? Oh, dear. There are currently 46 Labour, 11... And so she's a Labour councillor. Oh, God. More information about her. What does it say on more information about her? Uh, where it goes... Oh, it's got her phone number and everything. How exciting. And uh, attendance... Oh, what's her attendance record? That'll be nice. I'd like to find out how, how often she goes. If you go down, down a little bit, there you go. Attendance record. And um, so... So total expected attendance is 20. She's turned up to 15. And that was 75%. It's OK, isn't it? I think that's just about passable. Just about passable on there. But uh, I don't want to see her on the television. Thank you very much indeed, BBC. I just thought I'd mention that now, you know, because I'm slightly disturbed about uh, about her mind. So I'd rather we didn't... Did... Are you starting them already? Oh, right. 
That's OK. No, seriously. No, they are nice, actually. I've, I, I had a few earlier. And um, they are nice. They're very good. Uh, what's the time? Seven minutes to, uh, to seven. Uh, here we go. It's a picture of Monica. Oh, it's Monica Lewinsky. Why have we got Monica Lewinsky in the paper today? She says the uh, the affair with Bill Clinton, I did not have relations with that woman, says it's ruined her life. She's told how following her mistake nearly 20 years ago, she's been bullied and humiliated by internet coverage of the story. The former intern, who was 22 when the relationship began in the Oval Office, said, I lost my reputation and my dignity. Well, I mean, you can't blame us for your stupidity. Speaking last week at a conference in Vancouver. So, in other words, so you've obviously achieved some sort of notoriety, dear, if you're being invited to speak at a conference. She said, I was branded as a tramp, a tart, a slut, a bimbo, and, of course, that woman. And uh, she says, now we call it cyberbullying. I mean, I love the way they blame everybody except themselves. They blame everybody, don't they? Oh, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault I had an affair with him. Of course it was. You knew he was married. He shouldn't have had the affair with you. You shouldn't have had the affair with him. But don't don't start pleading and uh, and bleating on about, oh, I was bullied and it was all this kind of thing. It was your own making. And uh, the sooner you learn that lesson, the better it will be. Leslie Joseph, pictured walking out of a casino here in London, actually. Apparently she spent three hours in there. And uh, she was putting money into two different slot machines at the same time. A lot of people do that. If you, if you go to Vegas, you see people playing about four machines and they walk along putting money in. Little old ladies. They play all of them at the same time. Chance of winning, of course, is, is pretty, uh, pretty remote. So here's, here's Brooklyn Beckham uh, zooming in. He's hanging out on a park bench after a kickabout with pals. How butch. And, um, and they had a camera as well. They think he's single. He's 16. And so there's obviously a photographer there taking pictures of him. That'll be the one probably employed by the family, I should imagine. Because <laughs> they are terribly publicity shy, aren't they? And then the odd story, this has got to be the oddest story ever, of a lord. This is uh, Kirban Hussain, who lied to the British High Commission in Pakistan. He smuggled a two-year-old boy into the UK 25 years ago, uh, claiming the child was his son. He claims he did it after the boy's poverty-stricken parents begged his wife to adopt him. This is... Uh, uh, Hussein is Nick Clegg's diversity adviser. Could face a charge under the Immigration Act. But uh, he's snubbed calls to resign from the House. He's withdrawn the party whip himself. And uh, he said that the boy was born in a Kashmir village. He had a right to British citizenship as he was the father. But of course he wasn't. He was lying through his teeth. He says, the, what, the child's mother begged my wife to take him. You've never seen levels of poverty like this. I don't believe a word you say. I don't believe a word you say. You can't just bring a two-year-old boy into the country. So you lied through your teeth. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Despite calls to resign from Labour, John Mann, uh, Hussein of Luton vowed not to quit because his conscience was clear. Rules say only a conviction for an offence that carries a year's jail can force exclusion from the Lord's. So the boy is now uh, a graduate. He calls him his son. Isn't this child thieving? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry about this. He, hasn't, he just brings a child in, lies through his teeth that, uh, that it was his son, which it wasn't. And now this son is a graduate and he, he and his wife are very proud. Well, somebody else's child. Something very odd about you. Very, very odd. 84850, steve at I'm trying to find more about the Pinder of Wakefield. Uh, another one here very quickly, which says um, Paul Gascoigne's Twitter page. Yes, yeah, so it's in the papers today. It's in the papers today. And um, 
I don't know, really. It's a bit sad. I don't know what we do with him. I don't think there's anything else you can do with, with Paul Gascoigne. He just, he, he sort of, he's obviously desperately unhappy, desperately miserable. And, uh, and to get over that, he drinks. And you can't do anything about it because we, we tried. I thought we sent him over to America. And we, um, and we sort of spent money. Well, we didn't. I personally didn't. But people like Gary Lineker did. But mind you, Gary's made oodles and squillions from advertising those ghastly crisps. So I see no reason why I shouldn't help out a fellow footballer. And, uh, and it didn't make any difference at all. It didn't, uh, you know, he, he came back and he was fine and then he went back onto it again. Terrible. Did you notice how well behaved, says Mike, the English and French rugby folk were? As it was a late kickoff, we opted for pastries and coffee at Cafe Nero. There you go. Yes, I mean, it's, well, look, the, the rugby um, fans are always very good. Uh, Sarah Khan also does a money programme, says Teresa. This was the, the woman. She was on The Big Star with Peter and Dan. I had no idea who she is. I'm none the wiser now. So she does a money programme with an expert on budgeting. Pfft, never heard of her. Never heard of her. Never heard of this person. You know, I should be... Oh, blast, I've lost it. Uh, I should be, you know, somebody who's actually heard about her, but I haven't. Never heard of her at all. And she was positively dull as ditchwater, I'm afraid, on the programme. I mean, really, really dull. Uh, Amanda says, so many of our army have been forcibly sacked. They don't have millions of pounds to fall back on. Uh, Harry, to give up a job at 30 in the real world, he never would have qualified for Santa's. Well, of course he wouldn't. He's fast-tracked, like all members of the royal family. I mean, didn't they give him... Didn't they give Prince Andrew his own destroyer or something? It's like, I'm giving you a... I'm giving you a ship. And you think, what for? He just prances about with a few medals on it. Slightly, slightly a little bit... A uh, little bit, you know. Um, I can't understand, says Malcolm, why Pip Schofield has lowered himself to presenting such garbage as the show which passes for Saturday Night Entertainment. What a pile of pants! Is he trying to bring himself down to the same level as Holly Willoughby being on Celebrity Juice? Well, I mean, she has to go on there because her husband is the producer. And obviously to give it some sort of credibility. But, I mean, frankly, the programme's rubbish. Absolute drivel. I don't know what she's doing on it. I cannot work out why she was, she was doing anything like that. I mean, it's, it's sort of not nice, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Oh, Gemma Collins went shopping. For food the other day, which was nice. No big surprises. The easy just have the dumper truck delivered outside the house, and she'd just lie there and just pour it straight into her mouth. Golden handcuffs for the guy who plays Poldark, apparently, because apparently you girlies think that he's so good. The BBC go, oh, we're, we're actually going to give him a golden hand. I've got no idea why. I've never seen it. Very sexist, as far as I'm concerned. Very, very anti-men. Uh, the probe into the Lord who smuggled the boy into the UK. It's my son. No, it wasn't. You're a liar. Uh, Zane is going in the wrong direction from one direction. He doesn't really know what's going on, does he? The drones that deliver drugs to prison. The plans for an outdoor casino to dodge the smoking ban. And could there be a shake-up at the X Factor? Rumour has it they're going to get rid of half of the panel and bring in something else. What? I can't imagine. Wait a minute, Jeremy Clarkson's free and the other two boys. They could do it! It's LBC. On S. Archer Ace Crackshot can split a walnut at 100 yards. Pull! Wow! But can Ace find you the number of an emergency plumber when you need one? Pull again. No, that's not a walnut. Maureen 118212, however, can get you the number you need like a shot. Directory inquiries from Maureen 118212. Mm, bullseye! Calls to Maureen 118212 cost 188 plus 257 per minute from most landlines with a minimum 60 second charge. Mobile networks may vary. Maureen 118212. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. 
Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past seven. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast. It's Sunday, the 22nd of March. So the BBC, according to... Well, this all depends on which paper you read this morning, is either preparing for life after Clarkson by doing a pilot car programme, or, failing that, he's going to be back on the programme very shortly. Either way, they've faffed around like a bunch of girls' blouses. Uh, the VIP, Child Abuse Files. A lot of the papers running with that one today. The, uh, the Daily Mail on Sunday. Uh, today's... Uh, main story is the Tory plot with race thugs to fix the election. A star Asian candidate planned fake English Defence League demo and then said that if he stopped it, it would give him good publicity. He denies it emphatically, of course. The stuff that's in the paper, you can sh- it's a sure sign we're heading to an election, isn't it? There's people being suspended left, right and centre. You know, we had somebody the other day from UKIP who was overhyping the expenses. You know, it turned out to be a, whatever it was, £900 meal. Then it became a £3,500 meal. It, whatever it was, it was terribly, terribly expensive. And, um, and JC watched Dead Poets Society yesterday for the first time. He said, I cried my eyes out. I did tweet yesterday. It is a, it is a film that you can watch. And, uh, and it's, it just, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Robin Williams made some absolute turkeys in his time. But uh, he was not. I did tweet, actually. I said he's sort of he's no longer with us. It's a shame we didn't all tell him beforehand how much we liked him because we did. But perhaps if he's sitting on a cloud, he'll know that. But it's 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 a great, great, great film, especially at the end where, you know, the music and uh, the boys standing on the desks. It's one of those iconic pieces, isn't it? Uh, Stuart says I'm off to golf this morning. This time of year, I'm normally wearing shorts, but today it's thermals. I'm surprised it's freezing out there, isn't it? Thick underwear, I think, all round for everybody. And um, and Jane doesn't like Broadchurch. She says it's like a second-rate restaurant offering minute portions. Isn't it funny? Because you're, obviously it, it must be a bit Marmite. Because all the people I've ever spoken to have said how fantastic Broadchurch is. They absolutely love it. So, what do I know? What do I know? Um, one here says, just to let you know, the woman on Big Star, Little Star is so famous... She co-hosts the Martin Lewis Money programme. My brother was asked to go on there. He turned it down. He was an extra in the Woolpack ten years ago. I didn't know who she was. It's embarrassing, isn't it? I think when you turn on telly and they have guests on a, on a celebrity programme, you should, you should know who the, who the celebrity is. I think that, you know, that, that's kind of par for the course. I shouldn't have to sit there asking you who a guest is on a programme. Because it's ridiculous. Oh, I tell you what I had the other day. Oh, disaster. Disaster. I knew there's something. And I decided to have, for only the second time in ages and ages, crispy beef. And I like crispy beef because I stick it in the halogen. It crisps it all up. And I had it with some egg fried rice. And it was, it was quite delicious. It made like a compote. Halfway through the crispy beef, I'm, it's, it's quite crispy because it's little strips of beef with batter on it. I'm crushing like that. It's only taken out one of my fillings, hasn't it? The next thing, I'm crunching on my filling. It freaked me out completely. <laughs> Luckily, it's only at the back. But now, I've got to put my tongue in it. Which is really annoying. I know. All the, so I couldn't eat any more of it. I had to stop eating it. <laughs> That's right. At least the dentures stayed in. Which, of course, we did have a disaster one morning when a whole bridge fell out. Oh, people thought that was very funny. Oh, yes, let's laugh at the fat diabetic who, who lost two front teeth because it's part of a bridge. They literally, they fell out. I had a piece of smoked salmon. And it obviously caused some suction. And the whole bridge fell out. I, again, I lost it completely. 
I think Rupert Bartier was the newsreader that day. He thought somebody had shot me or something. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Anyway, what else do we have in the... In the I'm, I'm going to run through them all again, because I know that many of you have only just woken up, and uh, you're not... It's not easy trying to pull yourself together, is it, on a Sunday morning, when you, you might have had a very heavy Friday and Saturday night. As indeed, I believe many people did. Uh, the front page of the uh, People today, Kelly Brook, The Unseen Pictures. Well, I, I, I think we've seen just about every picture there is of Kelly Brook. Are there, are there some other pictures we haven't seen of her? Oh, don't tell me pictures of her with her clothes on, please. I couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear it because we, we're so used to seeing every every part of poor old Kelly Brook. Actually, somebody wrote about her in one of the papers today because her her latest comedy show in America... Uh, has been panned by the critics. They've said it's wooden and, you know, not funny and all that kind of stuff. And then somebody said, whatever made Kelly Brook think she could act? She's never had any any credibility in the acting world. But then she made a big mistake. She said, um, because we don't do comedy shows in England. And so the paper have had to do a list for her because she's not she's not known as being bright. You know, she had to come off the big breakfast some years ago because she couldn't read big words. Anything with more than five letters in it was a big word. And she'd sit there, and it was it was a bit of an embarrassment. And so, it, ever since those days, I've always realised that uh, she's not quite there in the upstairs department, which is a polite way of saying she's a bit thick. And so, they've listed all these comedy shows going, and they're still running, dear. They're still running over here. So, perhaps she, perhaps she hadn't realised at all. Oh, and here are the pictures. And this is Kelly Brook. They say she's one of Britain's most successful models. No, she's not. She's absolutely not one of Britain's most successful models. My God, if you go to the modelling agencies, they can provide a whole raft of people who are way more successful. I mean, if you're talking about somebody who pushes herself forward, well, then fair enough, she probably might be. But to be honest with you, I mean, she's certainly not one of Britain's most successful models. She's not lived here for ages. And so what they've done, I mean, they're, they're, they're so desperate now, they've actually had to go back into her archive to find pictures of her taken when she was a teenager. One here at Brands Hatch at 17. They say, this family album reveals model before fame. No, I don't think so. She was showing off then. She's doing exactly the same now. You like Kelly Brook, don't you? Yeah. Apparently, just a little bit, he says. Just a little bit. Uh, Elton John's mum uh, hired a lookalike for her birthday because they don't talk. Elton John and his mum don't talk. Isn't that sad? That's sad. So she had a 90th birthday party. I mean, what is it with sort of, you know, families and kids now? When they fall out, nobody talks to, to each other. And so she, wants, so she had to hire an Elton John lookalike for her birthday. Who turned up with Kiki D and they sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart. It's quite nice, isn't it, really? The real Kiki D, as opposed to a lookalike Kiki D. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't think she'd make much money as a lookalike Kiki D. You know, I mean, how many bookings in the course of a year do you think she'd be getting? The lookalike Kiki D, ladies and gentlemen, that's like sort of say the lookalike Saddam Hussein, not exactly getting loads of bookings in at the agency, is he? So it was the real Kiki D with the pretend Elton John singing "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," his only number one single, his only number one. He's never had a number one apart from that. But apparently, he can be a little bit petulant. In fact, he could be quite a lot petulant. In fact, not to speak to your mother, because apparently she said something against his uh, his boyfriend, David Ferns-ish. Fern, Fern, Fernish. And, uh, and so he, he then fell out. He has a lot of those fits, doesn't he, Elton John? I don't know why. He must be a very miserable person. He must be very miserable to have all these sort of losing his temper things. I'm not, I mean, to not speak to your mother... To not speak to your mother is terrible. Uh, there's a couple here. Uh, this is Vicky Matthews, and uh, her fiancé is Steve Carruthers. And uh, he's he's got uh, something the matter with his face. I think he's got Cruzon syndrome. 
And um, it means that... It, I don't want to be rude about it, but people go, you know, don't wed your ugly boyfriend because he's got one eye that's drooped down. He looks a little bit like he's wandered out of a Disney movie going the bells, the bells, you know, without putting too fine a point on it. And so the whole story is about uh, the way he looks and people judging people on the way they... I mean, I get judged on the way I look. People go, you're very lucky to look the way you do. And I go, thank you, you know, because I'm, I'm quite happy. Well, not with everything, quite clearly. I've now bought two of these vests. You know the ones you put on and it hides all the fat? Have you seen them advertised on the telly? They don't work. Don't even waste your time and money. Seriously. I mean, it's just... I, I put one on. Apart from the fact I felt itchy for most of the day. I, I said to my producer in the morning, I said, Will, who's about this big. I mean, he's just, like, enormous. And, um, and I, I said, have you noticed anything? And he went, no. I said, do, do I look slimmer? Because I was wearing this vest, which apparently is like a giant elastic band. And he said, no, you don't look any different at all. So I felt a bit disappointed. So on the strength of that, I've ordered another one which arrived the other day, so I'm going to try that tomorrow and see if there's any, any change and he sort of notices that I've, I've lost the weight. It's not easy to lose weight. I've discovered it's, you know, it doesn't help, you know, with all the fast food places and places open first thing in the morning we can go and get a hot burger or something like that. Did you get a burger from there? What a, a breakfast wrap. Oh, it's ghastly. I've had tried the breakfast wrap there before. They're ghastly. Oh, not in a breakfast wrap. The only place where you can ever go and get a breakfast wrap is in a place that does breakfast. You know, burger places that open up first thing in the morning. I think the Kentucky opens up as well early. And you can do a burger in You can do a, a bacon thing in there. But, I mean, I'm sorry. They should be fried in front of you. I want to see the sizzling. But I have a sneaking feeling. And I'm going to have a poke around in, in Burger King. Because I've never seen anybody cook a burger. There's no steam coming off the back. There's no nothing at all. They all seem to be assembled. So I'm going to go and stand in there today and find out exactly if they cook or if they just take it out of a of a sort of a, a freeze thing and put it in the microwave and they add the lettuce after they've actually cooked the burger. That's that's what I sneakingly think they've done. All this flame-grilled rubbish. There's nowhere to cook in our one in Twickenham, so I'm going to find out. Going to find out. Uh, what else have we got in the papers? Um, we had the thing the other day of history and King Richard III. His tomb is in uh, Leicester Cathedral. I mean, there can't be much left of him, can there? Just a pile of old bones, to be honest with you. So what they've done is they've actually sort of um, done a thing on on the reconstruction of what he would have looked like. You know, which is great. Nephew proud to make evil car park King's coffin. And so Channel 4 is screening the procession and a week of live coverage. A week of live coverage over a bunch of old bones. They must be really desperate down there, mustn't they? Desperate. What's the best place to get, um, to get sleep? The insomnia capital of Britain. Oh, no, it's a place not to get sleep. So it's sleepless in, number 10, Boreham Wood. I don't know anything about Boreham Wood, but you can't sleep there very well. Weybridge. So I thought that was really quite uh, quite upmarket. Bangor. Number seven, Isleworth. <laughs> I'm so sorry for Isleworth. I mean, put, to be honest with you, two two cats and a dog, and that's Isleworth. It's a there's nothing of it. Nothing. Swansea in West Glamorgan. Well, I mean, it's party town, isn't it? Swansea. Uh, Greenock in Inverclyde. Sandhurst. Sandhurst, you don't get sleep. We don't if Harry's down there. Go on, another drink, another drink. Go on. Prince Harry would love that. Southport on Merseyside. Alderley Edge in Cheshire. There's a dump. And uh, number one, Stoke-on-Trent. Sleepless in Stoke. So people don't get much much sleep in Stoke. It's odd that, isn't it, really? I wonder why. I don't think I don't know anything about Stoke-on-Trent, apart from it's the, uh, it's where, the, where the potteries are. And when you dr- drive up there, you can see the big kilns. It's quite nice. I did say last week I wanted to go to Derbyshire. And a number of people have written to me saying, well, go there. And uh, and somebody else saying, I'll show you around Derbyshire. Because I think it looks nice. 
It looks very pleasant. I, I could I could happily live in Derbyshire, I think. I'm only joking. <laughs> I couldn't really. I'm just saying that in case they're listening. Uh, it's quarter past seven. Morning, everybody. Seven twenty... Oh, sorry. What's my fa- I'm so sorry, honestly. It's terrible, honestly. They did this last week and I've turned it off. I can't understand it. My friend Kay says, uh, I'll have you know this, the Sky News Centre is in Isleworth. I get into trouble every week, honestly. There's always something. I'm never too sure who's actually listening to this programme. I try and pretend it's just me and the producer and his mum, but it turns out there's a few more than that on a, on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Kay. I, mean, I, do, I used to live there. I used to live in Isleworth, actually, for my sins. I used to live in the Grove in Isleworth, which was near, near the fire station, and uh, it was nice. I quite liked Isleworth. It's changed, of course, a little bit. And... Um, and who's, I don't know who this one is from, who says, I'm off to the Lake District. Apparently it's lovely. But I don't know who it's from. I have no idea who it's from at all. It could be from anybody. Whoever it is, they don't come up in my, uh, it, it doesn't come up in my messages. So I've obviously not received a message, but it's come through to my private email address. Who would that be? Could be anybody. Most of my friends have got two or three phones now. I must be the only person who's only got one telephone. I'm feeling a bit left out. Perhaps I should buy one today. Because I'm a bit... Oh, for goodness sake, well, shut up with the phone, for goodness sake. I don't know who it is. Oh, it's Warren. Oh, sorry, Warren's got another phone. Don't, I'm, see, I've turned, it's, don't turn it again. It's not to do, I'm turning it off, I'm having to turn it off. Oh, it's work phone. Okay, wait a minute, I'll tell you, if I, I'm so sorry, how unprofessional of me, he says. Everybody else going, so typical of Steve Allen, so typical. Uh, very quickly, on the subject of, um... Uh, so, mobile phone companies, says Sharon, will give better theft protection. Shame they don't give better information. When I switched to contract, it stated unlimited text. Great, I thought, until my bill arrived. You see, now, I have... We, we've had this discussion, Sharon, at work. Lots of people at work, because I was... Now, I've turned it down, and it's still making the noise. <laughs> and, um... Sorry. And... S- we're going to take the phone away in a minute from me. They're not going to put up with this much longer. And uh, we had a big discussion at work on what you get for your contract. And so I said, I'm paying £18 a month. £18 a month, all in. That's everything. That gives me, I think we've got six gigabytes, unlimited texts, unlimited phone calls. And so every month, my bill is between £18.99 and... Nineteen ninety nine. It never goes above nineteen ninety nine. So I'm. I spoke to somebody the other day, and they said that on their current phone tariff, they're running at around about sixty quid a month. I said, well, you need to go on. Do not deal with the person who you speak to. Go on to disconnections and say, listen, I've I've been offered a better deal elsewhere, and uh, and, and they give you codes so that you can then transfer. You don't need. You keep the same phone number. It's so easy to do. But I promise you, nine out of ten times, they will offer you a better deal. One of my friends does a breakfast show on one of our sister stations. And he was paying some outrageous amount. And anyway, I said, well, go on to Disconnections and say, listen, you've been offered a better deal elsewhere. Uh, I mean, I'm not very good at doing that, so my friends have to pretend to be me on my telephone because it's the only way... Oh, dribbled. Uh, it's the only way that, that you can actually get it done. And he, and he did come back with better. He actually ended up with, I think... What did he say? 10 gigabytes or something? I said, you're not going to use 10 gigabytes. That's just ridiculous. I'm not going to use six. But at least I've actually got it, because before we only had two, and uh, and I wanted a bit more. So we, we got that chucked in, and we got it reduced. I was paying 20 quid a month, and now it's 18. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. And that's including that. That's including everything. So the advice is, Sharon, you know, go to your phone provider and go to disconnections. 
I know somebody, in fact, somebody in there, somebody in the other, that same sister station, is paying, how much do you think, for limitless phone, limitless texts, and I think a couple of gigs, six quid a month. Six pounds a month. I said, well, I'm feeling a bit sick, actually. I think that was actually the producer of The Breakfast Show, Josh, his mother, is paying six quid a month. I'm pretty certain it was that. You'll be listening to this show now. So it's about six quid a month. I remember thinking, good grief. At one time, I was paying 80 quid a month for the phone. And if I went over whatever it was that they actually given me, um, I paid through the nose for it. And that was through Carphone Warehouse. So now we deal direct with them. And I get a friend of mine to do it. He, he pretends to be Steve Allen. So there you go. Always works, doesn't it? Noreen, Noreen says, Borehamwood is in Hertfordshire, near us. Where EastEnders, Big Brother, Strictly Come Dancing are all recorded. The studios are probably more often called Elstree. I worked there for many years. Derbyshire is where my granddad was born. We were up there last year visiting places he lived before he moved to Manchester. It's beautiful. It, you know, every time I see pictures of it, and the, and the property up there looks lovely. It really does. It's got some... But the tr- there's nothing to do. What would you do? You know, I could live in a little village, but that'd be a bit tedious, wouldn't it? So, I, d- I don't know what you do, but it is pretty. I, we, we don't appreciate this... Uh, this uh, this country at all. Uh, 84850, totally agree with your comments, says Jan about Reg Dwight and his mother. I mean, she's 90. He's not talking to her because she dissed David. He'll regret it. And uh, she says, well, I've heard you full of praise for Costco. I've not been to one yet, despite taking on most of your recommendations. But I've just learnt that they're selling the Nutribullet for 90 quid rather than 100. You didn't hear my phone. You really didn't hear it. I promise you didn't. And uh, she says, I'm hoping to go there next week. You have to be a member. You know, you have to be a member. You can't just wander into Costco and shop. You have to be a a member. Uh, Warren likes uh, Boreham Wood as well. So there you go. If he he likes Boreham Wood, he seems to be our resident uh, expert. And uh, next month, yes, next month, I'm looking forward as well, Jan. And also Jackie's back home, so get well there. And uh, the first first get-together next month since the Balmy Arms in December. Ooh. Everybody's gone obsessed with these juices, haven't they? Everywhere you go now. If I'm in Paul Cooper's shop helping out and people come in and they've got a shopping list, they go, I'd like some ginger and some broccoli. And you think, you've got a Nutribullet, haven't you? Or one of these other liquidizers. Which apparently kids like, and then you can make this drink. And they look quite nice, actually. But they, they say it's part of your five-a-day. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Han says, uh, I thought Kelly Brooks' new show was all right. Ellen made it. Kelly's a star. Everybody says she's the best as she got naked. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I don't think getting naked in a show. It's been pulled apart by the critic. Han, she's never going to get another show over there. The Americans are very unforgiving. The show will probably be pulled, I should imagine, quite quickly. Because why would you waste something that the critics absolutely hate? Absolutely hate. Um... Another one here. Lee says, in 1989, when a student... I mean, good God, that's back in the dark ages, isn't it? I worked at Wimpy, which became Burger King off Oxford Street. The way the burgers were done was they were put at one end of a metal mesh belt, uh, below the heat with the flames, and the burger slowly went along. Wimpy did exactly what Burger King did. Well, they don't have that in Twickenham. I've never seen any one of these. I know they do the advert on the television. It goes flame-grilled. But I really don't, don't believe it. I don't believe it. In our world. I've never seen anybody cooking. I've never seen anybody cooking, and I've even appealed over the years to find somebody who works in one to tell me, but no, so far nobody's come forward, which makes me even more dubious about the whole thing. Uh, 84850, Lynn says, they're not microwaved. They are microwaved. I've seen them putting them in there. Don't call me a liar. 
I've seen them putting them in there. They open the door, they put it in, they push a button. It's called a microwave. Rubbish, honestly. Absolute rubbish that people come up with nowadays. Uh, love Stefan Dennis. And uh, says little Julie. And had a long chat, or a lovely chat last night, with a fellow listener, Emily, in Bedfordshire. Huge fan. Listens every morning via the podcast. Well, that's nice. I like that. Christo was talking this morning about the amount of people he bans from Twitter. Because he got into a discussion about uh, taxis versus Uber. And, of course, it's absolutely fatal because there are a number of black cab drivers who don't like Uber. And uh, and they sort of go, oh, you know, they aren't properly trained. Well, they are. That's the thing. They are. You don't need to... We had this argument before on this programme, and then I heard Christo doing it as well, where we were saying the only reason that people did the knowledge years ago was so that you could get around London. Well, we got sat-navs. You don't need to know anything about London at all. You put in a postcode, it takes you there. It's as simple as that. I've had one for years. Mind you, the longer you're in London, the easier it becomes. But, uh, you know, you don't actually need to do the knowledge now. You know, why would you want to put yourself through all that stress for three years, pootling around town on on a little hairdryer with wheels on it? You know, you don't need to. You just go and get... Oh, Lord. You just go and and get yourself a sat-nav. And they're so cheap nowadays, aren't they? Um, I saw the Madonna interview with Jonathan Ross the other night. Oh, Lord. With Jonathan Ross. I quite like her now, says Warren. You see, I don't don't mind Madonna. I just think she's flogging a record. She's going to turn up just about everywhere. I think we'll take a short break, shall we? Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 8. Barbara and Graham from Twickenham are down in Bournemouth for the weekend. And they said, we didn't realise you were available on LBC down here. Today, Bournemouth. Tomorrow, the world. Well, actually, you can pick us up around the world. On DAB, you can, if you've got a DAB radio in the car, you can pick it up all the way down, can't you? Is that how it works? I don't have DAB radio in my car. I think mine's still Valve, but it's quite nice. But uh, no, you can pick it up all over the place. You've got a computer, you can pick it up on there. So lots of people take their laptops out or their phone, you can pick it up on your phone, do everything. If you go to the LBC website, there's an app which will send the free podcast to you Monday to Friday, and then there's another one which is TuneIn Radio. And I think that's free as well, isn't it, on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. So there you go. You see, it doesn't matter where you go away, Graham and Barbara. We can still pursue you to the ends of the earth. You will never get away from me, no matter how much you like to. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Lee says they use the microbe to melt the cheese. Well, I'm assuming it heats the burger up as well. Only guessing on that one. Only guessing. You don't need to melt the cheese. Why would you want to melt the cheese? I've never heard of melting the cheese. You just put it on top of a hot burger and surely it would melt anyway, would it not, Lynn? If, of course, it was even cooked in the first place. Um, Steve, we're off to Melbourne. Tomorrow, my husband hasn't seen his family for ten years. Not looking forward to the flight, but stopping off in Dubai. Have you been there? No, and I wouldn't go there either. It's full of horrible people from Essex. Seriously, most of the cars of Essex go to Dubai. That's a very good reason for not going. And that flight, oh, how many hours? Twenty, twenty-six. Is it 26 hours on the... I don't know what to do. Stefan Dennis said to me, he said, um, I, I said, it, it's an awful, it's an awful lot, you know, of uh, of hours in a plane. And he said, it goes by really quickly. I said, not for me. Not for me. Oh, like a lot, Warren, like a lot. So, so Melbourne is the place to go. I'm not sure if I really want to go to Melbourne. I don't, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to do... You know, to go out there and do Ayers Rock, but I quite like to do it in a day. Fly out, see Ayers Rock, see some Aborigines, and then fly back again. You know, I don't, I don't really want to... I can't think of anything it's got that uh, that I, I would really create. Sorry, it's a pretty squeaky chair in the studio. Um, that old one. And, um... 
And so I can't think of any reason why I'd want to go there. I mean, they have restaurants and they've got bars. And uh, I've seen a lot of Sheila's on the television. I've seen a lot of people. And I've seen all their, all their programmes because they all come over here. And every actor has been in everything. You know, they've all been in the Sullivans, Doctors, you know, they've done everything. And uh, so I can't think of any other reason, apart from Ayers Rock. I mean, the Sydney Opera House, I've seen it. I've seen it on the television. I don't actually need to go there to experience it. So, uh, in answer to the question, no, I'm not going. <laughs> Bit of a long-winded way round, wasn't it, really, I suppose, to sort of say about that. 84850, Steve at uk. Stephen Ricelip says... Um, Black cab drivers only do the same car driving test as you or me, the same driving test that anybody who drives for Uber. So the only thing different is the knowledge, which, as you say, is out of date. Well, it's not that it's out of date. It's just that years ago we didn't have, you know, the uh, the things that you've got now. We didn't have the technology. And also, if, if proof were needed, check in how many black cabs. They've got sat-nav in there. They've got it on the front windscreen. I can see it as they go past. You know, because it's easy. So you, you sit there for three years while a bunch of people go, no, you got that wrong, you're not going to get in. And you think to yourself, oh, God, people have breakdowns doing it. You know, mental breakdowns. Why do you want to do it? You just go and drive. You can probably earn the same sort of money. Well, actually, probably not exactly the same sort of money. But, uh, you know, because once you've actually bought your cab or you release your cab or whatever you do with it, you know, how many times you go out is up to you. I've got loads of friends who are, who are cab drivers and they have a target for how much they want to make in the day. Once they've made it, they go home. He said, well, so I, I spoke to one of my friends who was an actor, and uh, another one of my friends who did have a breakdown doing the knowledge, but his dad was a cab driver and his brother's a cab driver as well. And uh, he said, as soon as I made the money, he said, I'd go home. What's the point of sitting out there? He said, I don't need any more. He said, if, you know, if, if I get short, then I just go in the cab and go drive around for a couple of hours. It's as simple as that. But uh, we shouldn't have any rivalry. It's a bit silly. It's London, for goodness sake. It's a capital without any sort of arguments going on. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk, And uh, Brenda says, best interview of the week, Eamon Holmes and George Osborne. Eamon took him to task over his lies, swatted him and then dismissed him beautifully. No flirting in sight. Well, I mean, I'd be, surpri- be surprised if there was, I think. Uh, Ian says, as I head to Bangalore... Is everybody leaving today? Is everybody leaving the country? He's off to Bangalore. So, Rosie's brother-in-law, he's uh, doing the Reading Half Marathon. See, I mean, I always think half marathon. It's a bit girly, isn't it, really? Either do a whole marathon or just don't bother. Rosie's having radiotherapy this week, and Dave is donating raised money for cancer research. So there you go, Bangalore. Never been to Bangalore, either. I says, perhaps I should start... Um, Start sort of travelling a bit more. Little Julie says, please wish Winnie all the best and all those taking part in the Marsden March today. So uh, I'm sure that will go particularly well. Uh, after Richard III has been found in a council car park after 500 years, do you think they'll be sending him a fine for overstaying his visit? Well, it depends how many spaces he was taking up, doesn't it, really? Which would be, uh, would be quite funny. Wasn't very impressed, says Sean Encounter, with Danny Dyer on Big Star, Little Star, uh, Little Star, but was amazed how lovely Peter Andre's daughter Princess was. I know, it's just the name, isn't it, really? It kind of puts you off. Hello, Princess. This is your father. And this is M, girlfriend, which is lovely, isn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve Adele... Oh, I've forgotten. We should have renewed this ages ago. We've got so many uh, texts and emails to get through for this morning. And um, uh, Teresa says, it could be a microwave with a grill. Yeah. Nicola says, you're in a frisky mood this morning. Who cares how the burgers are cooked? I do. I do. Absolutely. I want to know these things. I want to know the recipe for Colonel Sanders's, you know, deliciously enticing Kentucky Fried Chicken. But they don't tell you. Jane says, Dubai is so naff now, it's like Tenerife. 
well, you know why you don't want to go to Tenerife. That's the traveller's favourite holiday resort. They told us in, you know, uh, my big fat gypsy holiday, they go to Tenerife now. I didn't know it was called Tenerife. That's quite funny, actually. And um, Eileen from Twickenham is on a weekend away, listening to you in Sandbanks. And uh, CJ says, I met Barbara Windsor and June Brown at Elstree. Uh, I was assisting, assisting in the creation of some medical scenes. Lovely. And uh, one here, Theresa in Hatch End, and says, uh, shame on you. My grandson is doing the knowledge in order to improve his family's life in the future. Oh, grow up, for God's sake. <laughs> grow up to improve his life in the future. Many a night after children in bed learning the points. One day we'll be in his cab, I'm sure. I wouldn't guarantee it. And, uh, and John says it's all because of sat nabs that you constantly moan about the driver that takes you to the studio every morning. No, no, we can, no, we can manage that. I don't have any problem with the, with the direction we go because I'm a fairly straightforward road in and I've never moaned about the sat-nav. What I've moaned about is them trying to find me on the sat-nav sometimes because there are different sorts. Peter says, I live and can't sleep in Boreham Wood, thinking about Kelly Brook all the time. Enough. And uh, Diane Abbott was on this week last Thursday. Uh, I didn't see Diane. I'm not a big fan of Diane Abbott. Not a big fan. And another one here. And uh, it says... Uh, Every time you click on a shopping channel, Steve, if it's not a steam mop, it's a juicer. Oh, the steam mops. Don't they just drive you mad? Every time I... Every time they go, it's an info commercial. And you think, what are we going to have today? We can have that blooming steam mop. And you can do this, and it does this, and this. Why don't you just get the kettle? Well, fairly enough, we'll just get one of those cleaning cloths. It's a lot easier. So, a steam mop. I wonder how many they shift. Thousands, I would imagine. Thousands and thousands. And then... um, and then they do the juices. And as a woman, they go, mmm, this tastes delicious. Like she's never had juice before. That's such... Oh, God. It's in between that and all these channels which are selling jewellery. They had a piece of jewellery the other day. It's so funny. You watch the people there. They are life's failures on these channels. All they're doing is flogging tat. 57800 was the price that came up for that. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that'll be... Everybody can afford that one. What did it come down to? £299, and and it still didn't sell at the end. And you watch these bimbos, these brainless bimbos, flogging this tat to you, going, oh, this, look at this. And, and they, they've learned to put it on and then move their fingers backwards and forwards so it catches the light. So you think that you're not really buying tat when, in fact, you are buying tat. You know, put it this way, if they come on and go, it's £300, and look, 1999. You don't seriously believe it's worth £300, do you? Because it's not. What it's worth is about five quid, and they're making the markup on that. It's just, it's just pad- the stuff that people buy on these channels. It's absolutely hilarious. So I enjoy watching those, if only for the girls sitting there who seem so surprised at everything. I'm sure if somebody sort of popped up, you know, round the back of the set and went, cooey, they go, I can't believe it! Because one of them sat there the other day. She's the, uh, she's the gormless one on the programme. They always put a gormless one on there. One of them couldn't pronounce something the other day. And quite clearly in her earpiece, they said, no, it's pronounced, you know, Tanzanite or something. Tanzinite or something. Whatever it was she called it, she couldn't get it right. And I thought, well, that's your audition over with, darling. And the last we'll ever be seeing you on the television. Back to steam mops, I suspect, for you. And so they had this uh, sort of person on there. And they were doing this sort of jewellery. And, and then they go, are, are we allowed to take it down to this price? I thought, yeah, as you rehearsed. As you rehearse, what do you think? They throw it on them because they can't present half these people. All they're doing is just flogging tat. They're flogging tat. And this one here, and we're doing these... Oh, the... Is, is it coming down? She talks to nobody. I don't know God's name she's talking to. She, is it coming... To, it's coming down again. And she puts a finger in her ear, presumably trying to contact another living person. And then she goes, it's coming... What's it coming down to? 
699. Get on the phone now. One of them is one of those women who used to work with Bruce Forsyth, and she sold herself down the river so far now, she's irretrievable. And she sits there going, it's, get, Lisa, you really need these now. I'm thinking, it's more tat. You don't need more tat, ladies. But you ladies like buying jewellery. You probably like buying steam mops as well. And if I see another thing, or, or feeling that they have a chef on there who sort of is showing you how thin you can slice tomatoes. Tight so-and-so. Who wants to slice tomatoes thinly? It's because the knives are so sharp that you can slice really, really thin. Who cares? As I say, the steam mop, the next time somebody bends down to sort of, you know, say you can disconnect this bit, I'll show them where you can shove it. I'll tell you, I'm so bored with these stupid steam mops. What's the next thing going to be, I wonder? What is the next thing going to be? Oh. Lights have gone out. Need a shilling for the meter, do you? It's because you haven't moved in there. That's why. You've got to move. If you move about, the lights will come back on again. Nearly. Got to move a bit more than that. Quarter to eight. This is LBC. Who's your bet? He'll be here this morning. Ten minutes time. It's Steve Allen's Sunday early breakfast. It's the 22nd of uh, March. Somebody says, uh, if you like Tenerife, you'd like Lanzagrotti. I've been to Lanzagrotti. Never again. It's a volcanic island. So the whole down the middle of the island is all volcanoes. And you can go on a trek there. But unfortunately, all the stuff around the beaches is razor sharp lava. I mean, razor sharp. You know, you, I mean, you can't walk on the pavements there near, near the beaches just in your bare feet. You cut yourself to ribbons. It, it, it's terrible. It really is terrible. Uh, Julie says, my friend Avril and I are volunteers at Sutton Marsden, greeting the walkers as they arrive. And somebody says, I wish I was going away today and said, I'm going to work and I hate my boss. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? If you hate your boss and you, oh, Lord, uh, if you hate your boss and you, do, you don't go to, uh, and you have to go into, uh, to work, um, my friend Jonathan says that he, he bought one of these, uh, one of these mops, one of these steam mops. He said, sadly, it just splutters and leaves a lot of water all over the place. So he's decided he wants to buy one of these big buffing machines that you sit on. You know, the ones you see at the airport, they just drive backwards and forwards. And uh, he says, and they use those at night. So he wants one of those. How big is your house? Yeah, can it actually accommodate something like that? He said, I did buy the steam mop. It was very expensive, as I wanted the sparkly floors you see on the adverts not happening is it really i never wanted one I've, I've sat watching these adverts for so many and they're called info commercials i think infomercials or whatever infomercials and um and i've sort of sat there thinking i really don't want one of these things i really don't i had a vax once uh, and it was the va- now they've actually changed it but it's sort of an upright and it used to clean the carpets i didn't realize how much dirt came off carpets i did it by by the front door and admittedly it did change the color of the carpet but the dirt that kept silt because it comes off the bottom of your shoes and it embeds itself in the carpet. Oh, blimey. Couldn't believe it. So that's a frightening thing. Um, another one here who says, oh, here we go. I wish I'd not started this Uber thing. This is all down to Christo. Every time he mentions it, it sort of gets people really riled. And uh, the main difference between black cab and Uber are, in fact, black cabs are governed and regulated by the Metropolitan Police. Uber most definitely are not. So if you don't think safety is important, then by all means jump in an Uber cab. Well, I've never been in in an Uber cab in my life. So, you see, it's amazing how people become really nasty. And Christo said, you know, I've never been in an Uber cab in my life. So, you know, I've always used the private hire vehicles, regulated, I believe, and, uh, and also... The, uh, the black cabs. I've never been an Uber cab, but it's amazing how nasty people... I'm not surprised that Christo said he starts banning people. Apparently the best vacuum cleaner is an Oric. An Oric. Says, well, I've seen those. They advertise them on... You get them advertised on planes because they're very light. They use them, apparently, in, uh, in hotels and stuff like that. So, so very, very popular. Very popular. I've got um, a G-Tech and I've got a Dyson. 
And I've got a Black & Decker handheld. I've got a bit of an obsession with vacuum cleaners, I'm afraid. It's it's a, a little bit. Uh, so, I don't know why, actually. I've, I've started buying a lot. It's like Christmas lights. I buy lots of Christmas lights every year. But I do have lots of vacuum cleaners. It's odd, isn't it, really? I don't, there's no particular reason why I would have vacuum cleaners. I just see them and I think, that looks nice, so I'll buy it. And, uh, and so I do. Doesn't care. I don't think it's any cleaner because of that. But in fact, the uh, the GTAC, I've not even taken out of the box. Never taken it out of the box. I bought it. I saw it in Costco. I thought, I'd better buy that. I don't want to miss out on something if there's a new vacuum cleaner on the market. And this one is um, is uh, is rechargeable. So you can use it and uh, be good. Uh, Jordan says, I've been to Lanza Grotti twice. Both feet came back both times. <laughs> they go, I got cut to pieces, I'm afraid. Cut to pieces. But uh, it was, uh, it was. We, we did laugh, sort of. As you tread, it's like treading on broken glass. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, you're on. Some on the ball. Read the shopping channels. I bought a juicer, Steve. But when the fruits are mixed, it tastes disgusting. So that's now in the cupboard. I've got a steamer, Rose. I bought a basket steamer, and what it is, it's, it's, I think the Chinese use it. Well, none of the Chinese I've ever met, but anyway. And it's three, three baskets, and the idea is that you put it over a pan of, of boiling water, and you put your vegetables and your chicken and everything else in each different basket, and then it steams it bit by bit. It's rubbish, isn't it? I'm so taken by these adverts on the television. I think, I think that if I buy a steamer, I'm going to be speaking fluent Cantonese by the end of the day, or something like that, because I could never get my wok hot enough, because I don't like a dirty wok. I'm a bit funny like that, because if ever you go in, into a Chinese restaurant and you're lucky enough to get invited into the kitchen, if you've really upset the chef, and you go in there, all their woks are dirty. They're all black and sharp, because apparently you have to season a wok. Now, my wok is, uh, is, is, is not seasoned. Uh, I bought it because I like the colour of it. It was yellow uh, on the outside. And on the inside, it's all whatever they call it, so it, it's non-stick. It's Teflon coated. And somebody said, you can't cook in that. I said, I do Chinese. You know, and of course I don't, because if you're cooking on electric, it never gets hot enough. It's got to be gas, so you can really get the really get the heat. And uh, and I, so I've no, and also I don't like a dirty wok. You know, I'm not alone in this. I don't see why I should have to have something that looks like it really, really needs cleaning. And so I I don't bother. Uh, Warren also doesn't do uh, do dirty wok. I thought it was just me. But I'm really funny about things like that. So if you cook with gas, gas is very dirty, whereas electricity is a bit cleaner. But I, I tend to steam. I do a bit of... I mean, I can't cook. I'm fibbing to you if, if I actually maintain that I could cook, because I can't. Coconut oil apparently is good, says Warren. He says, I don't use anything else apart from... Well, where'd you get coconut oil from? I drink coconut water in the misguided belief that apparently it's doing me some good... And I've got some of those little proactive things where you get a little thing like that and you just drink it's a little... It, t- it tastes like just very thin yoghurt. And that apparently is supposed to sort of help with all the sort of the bad things inside your body. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I put the Prosecco in. I certainly don't want it coming out any time soon, thank you very much indeed. I've paid for it. I want to keep it. Uh, all supermarkets, says Warren, for the, uh, for the coconut oil. So there you go. Perhaps I should try doing that. I bought a spray thing once, which sort of, which sort of just puts a little bit of oil in your wok. And I thought, to be honest, with you, I hardly ever cook. It's, it, it really isn't. It's, it's, it's not worth it. Uh, not for me. It's not anyway. For other people who are very good at things like that, I mean, I've got a friend uh, called Helena, and she cooks all the time. You know, I mean, she does. She'll she'll spend a whole day baking or you know getting food to put in the freezer. I can't be bothered. Why bother when you've got Marks and Spencers and Waitrose and everything else? You just go there and you buy whatever it is you want. We've got Chinese takeaways, pizza. Wouldn't have pizza very often. It's not the kind of thing. And I certainly wouldn't be having Burger King. It's only because I don't like anything that they do in there. 
You know, I'm so, I like to think of myself as a healthy person. I like to think that, you know, my body is a bit of a temple. That's what I like to think. Unfortunately, nobody's worshipped there for some years, so, so there's no, no point. I've got to try it seriously, says Warren. I've got to try seriously to actually cook with, um, with all these... I, t- I can't cook, though. There's no point fibbing about it, is there? So the people this morning, they're doing uh, the VIP child abuse files, the groundbreaking investigation into the cover-up at the heart of the establishment. On the subject of child abuse, Scotland Yard said they want people to come forward. They've got 18 cases on child abuse which are running. Uh, they just need more people to come forward. Front page of the, uh, of the Sun today, EastEnders Danny's Agony in Therapy. Which is always good, isn't it? He's such a class act. I do like him. He speaks so well. Uh, Louis dumped his girlfriend to go out with, with somebody else. I'm a bit worried about One Direction. They seem to be heading for this breakup, and I'm not sure how it's working. Uh, the male are the ones who've got the exposed Tory plot with race thugs to fix election. And this is a key Tory election candidate suspended after plotting with far-right extremists to stir up racial hatred in a cynical bid to win votes. This is Absal Armin. And you can read more on that in the mail today. EastEnders Cat in Suicide Bid. It's a storyline. It's not, not real. Don't worry. Uh, the Mirror Today. Pool Party Blonde, My Wild Night with One Direction Zane. She met in a nightclub. I shouldn't imagine there's too much to talk about. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson, Sack Me and I'll Sue You, he says. I don't... Th- well, we should get the result this week, shouldn't we? They've dragged it on longer than my career. The Observer, nine British medics enter the ISIS stronghold to work in hospitals. And um, front page of, finally, uh, the Sunday Times. They've got Clegg and the secret donor. And uh, this is the former head, hedge fund manager, Paul Wilmot, during a Channel 4 dispatches investigation. He uh, later gave a potentially illegal £10,000 donation. More in the papers today. Sure sign we're in election year. Have yourself a fantastic day. You can download this programme a little bit later on. And you can find out details about downloading if you go to lbc.co.uk. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. And that'll be from 4 until 6.30. And you can download that programme. And there's a free podcast for you Monday to Friday. Uh, Coming up a little bit later, Beverly Turner will be here. Have yourself a nice day. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Next, here he is, the programme that you just can't get away from. Not that you'd ever want to. It's Stig Abel. (laughs) 